three, four, five, six. Excellent. Well, it's great to be here among you and to um, just see your faces. There, were, there weren't as many faces when I sat down, and it's great to see more people here now. And uh, it's great that we can gather around God's Word and we can, you know, apply to ourselves. Did you know God's Word is living and it's active? God has sent it this morning and it's going to do the work on you this morning. Do you believe that? You, you do? Sort of? bit? It's powerful. So all I'm going to do is try to get God's Word through me. And all you need to do is try <laughs> just to be open so that God can allow his work in you. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can be here this morning. Lord, what a joy it is to be here with your people, in your presence, ready and able to receive what you have for us. We thank you, Lord, that you have your word for us, and we pray, Lord, that your word may be added with great power, that you may move in our hearts, because we all have needs that only you can meet. And so, Lord, we take away and we give away and we cast aside all those things that we worry about and that we're afraid of so that we may simply hear you and let you do your work. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so this morning we're looking at um, God at work, that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so, you know, we're going to be reading that. And my text is taken from Philippians chapter 1, the verses 3 to 6. And in the NIV, you know, 1984, it says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So Paul prays with confidence. He knows that God will complete the work that he has begun. And so that's what we're considering this morning. And I pray and hope that God um, can really apply this word to you. And so this morning we're going to be looking at how God brings us into his family, how God works on us, and the part that we play. Simple as that. So God brings us into his family. He works on us. And then what's the part that we play? And so the first thing is that uh, God brings us into his family. And that's just amazing because we become the children of God by the work of God in us. And I think, you know, I've been reflecting on, you know, um, you know the, the, these great stories of the past, fairy tales. Do you, do you read many very fairy tales there's a few people here. What about Sleeping Beauty? I mean, what a story. I mean, Bridge of Spies, come on. We've got Sleeping Beauty. You know, Sleeping Beauty is a beautiful picture of, um, you know, the heart of, 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 of all of us, I think. You know, the, the heart of what we're longing for. When you, when you look at the fairy tales and the fairy stories from the history, they reveal a need in the heart that uh, wants to be met, isn't it? And so the story of Sleeping Beauty, you know what happens? Of course, there's this beautiful baby is born to a king and queen. And then, um, you know, I know there's fairies. We don't believe in fairies. Fairies are bad demons, I think. Just make up your own mind. Fairies. 
and uh, this, this, this disgruntled fairy came in. And uh, while they were supposed to be blessing this beautiful little baby, you know, this eighth little fairy came in and cursed the child. Cursed the child to death, which is pretty drastic. And then another fairy came in and sort of changed the, you know, the, the death to a sleep. And then, you know, that was it. Sleeping Beauty was asleep. Not then. No, hang on. What, um, no, that was the, the prick from the thing had to happen. So you're not helping me at all. We don't, <laughs> we don't do fairies here. Oh, okay. Well, all right then. Well, anyway, as soon as she got pricked by a, um, a spinning wheel sort of thing, needle, a spindle. There we go. See, now you're helping. Okay, that's good. Okay, so as soon as she got pricked by one, so the king went, <gasps> oh, no, we better get rid of them all from the land. So every spinning wheel and spindle thing and everything that's sharp, out of the land. But then, of course, you know what happens when she was 16 years of age? She said, oh, what's this? Prick. <gasps> Fast asleep. Oh, no, disaster. She was asleep. She was in a death sleep. And so how would she get out of this death sleep? Pardon? I, I can't hear you, sorry. Uh, I needed a prince. Okay, a prince would come in and give her a kiss. Any prince? No. No, it had to be true love's kiss. True love's It couldn't be just someone who just came in and went, Mwah. you know, it, it had to be true love's kiss. And so, of course, you know, the story goes on and, and suddenly there's this fantastic, handsome man, a little bit like me, maybe just a little bit more hair and maybe a little bit younger, maybe a bit taller, a little bit more stronger, someone who can ride a horse. Anyway, someone not like me, but a prince, he discovers the secret and knows there's this beauty in there that just needs kiss. And he goes in and he, you know, does whatever it is. I watched Shrek. Shrek was a bit different, you know. But anyway, but... No dragons, but he goes in there and he sees her. And as soon as he sees her, he just he's just besotted. But he just falls deeply in love with her as soon as he sees her. And then he kisses her, the kiss of love. And then she just <gasps> wakes up. She was in the sleep of death. She couldn't fix herself. She couldn't wake herself up. She couldn't pinch herself. She couldn't do anything to save herself. She was just in the sleep of death. But then this prince came and gave her the kiss of love. And then she received this love and enjoyed this love. And they lived happily ever after. Do you hear the gospel in there? The gospel is in there. The one who wrote that story was thinking of, you know, this, this wonderful idea of love that would last forever, that would fulfill every desire and every need, that you'd be woken up, you know. This story has gone down in history since 1830. People have been, you know, they love this story because of the wonderful message there is. You know, this wouldn't it be amazing to be woken up by this kiss of love so that I can live happily ever after. Jesus was the one who told stories as well too, didn't he? Do you remember the prodigal son story? There's a kiss in that as well, the kiss of love. You know the story, don't you? There was a, you know, a son of a, of a wealthy farm owner and uh, you know, he just got sick of the rules and regulations and the control in his life. He wanted to do his own thing. 
And so he went to his dad and he said, Dad, I want my share of the inheritance now. I want you to be like dead to me so that I can receive the inheritance that's you know, coming to me. I want it now. And so this sad dad gave him the money and then he took off. And then he lived the way he wanted to live. He said, yes, I want to enjoy my life. And so he went off and it was, you know, drugs and sex and alcohol and gambling and all sorts of terribly destructive things until it all disappeared and there was no money left. He found himself asleep in death. There was no hope for him, no future for him. He was feeding pigs. He even wanted to have the food that they were, he was feeding the pigs, but he couldn't because the farmer wouldn't let him. And then there was that moment when he remembered back at home, when he remembered the love of a father who would love so well, who would love so strongly, who would care for everybody, and he thought, I might just go back there. And so he said, I can't just go back there and just expect him to bring me in. He might beat me up or something, so I better come up with some sort of, some sort of story, some sort of plan. And so he's walking back to his dad and he's coming up with this story. I'm just going to tell him, Lord, you know, you know I'm sorry, Dad. You know, I'm, I was wrong. And so he's working on this speech. But there's his dad sitting on the, the porch in his rocking chair. And he's just watching into the distance. And then he sees his son walk up over the hill. And what does he do? He jumps out of his chair. He forgets that he's a, you know, that he's a respectable man. <laughs> he grabs his, that thing that he's wearing. What is that? That robe thing, that great big tea towel, that whatever it is. He, just, he pulls it up till it's short shorts. And then he runs for his son. He, just, he couldn't care less about anything. All he could see was his son. He runs to him, falls on his neck, and gives him a big kiss. That kiss was true love's kiss. That kiss was what Jesus means by what God gives to us. That kiss means acceptance and reconciliation. The father kissed his son and that meant that he is his son again. That his son was once dead but now his son is alive. That was the kiss of love that brought him back into the family. As soon as he kissed him, it was like, quick, get the robes, get the ring, bring, you know, get the party happening. Let's Come back and just rejoice in the fact that this boy was once dead, but now he is alive. He's my son again. That's what God does to each one of us. That's what Jesus says. He says, I am the prince. I come to you. I give you the kiss of life. If you would only receive it, then you are brought into the family. And that's who we are. As soon as we receive Jesus, we're brought into the family. We are loved. Like the prodigal son, we just come into the, the father's presence and, and we just love him for his love for us. We don't deserve it. We gave it all away, but he restored us and we have all that we need. And so we live in this relationship with God. The prodigal son started to work for the father and he was happy to. He'd work hard. He'd work long. He didn't care because he had all that he needed. This is the position that everybody who becomes uh, a Christian is. As soon as you say, Jesus is my Lord and Saviour, suddenly you're kissed. <laughs> you're in the family. You're there. You have it. But God doesn't just leave you there. Isn't that wonderful? God doesn't leave you where you are. He says there is so much more that you can have and receive and do 
in a relationship with me, when you're in the family. And so that's what it is. God, he continues to work on us. And so what does he do? It says he began a good work and he's going to work on. And so what we need to see is that as he works on us, he transforms and changes us so that we look just like just like Jesus. Not Fred or Ted or Bruce or Bob. So we look just like Jesus. That's the work of God because he knows that as he does that, the more and more we become like Jesus, the more and more free we become, the more joy that we experience and the more powerful we are in the world. God doesn't just leave us after the kiss. He dresses us and transforms us and changes us. Do you know, uh, anyone know Brandon Croon? Do you relatives here? Well, isn't he amazing? You know, he's just discovered he can just you know, carve logs and stuff. Well, I've just got a couple of pictures of his work. Now, this is amazing. So, th you know, the, the one on the left, that's a, that's a log, and he started to work, and then he's, uh, you know, started to carve away and do the next one. And, you know, so then he gets a bit better, and then suddenly, ta-da, there's that guy. Anyone know, recognise that band? Could be Joseph. I reckon it's Joseph. But anyway, the point is, if we go back to the first one, that Brandon, he sees this lump of wood. It is a dead tree. It's been chopped up. You see, it's, got, it's either going to rot or get burnt. Or termites are going to eat it from the inside. Something horrible is going to happen to that tree. But Brandon sees that dead log, and he sees in there, he looks at it, and he sees Joseph. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So he says, Joseph is in that dead bit of tree. And so what he says is, I'm going to carve away and I'm going to set Joseph free. I'm going to remove everything that is not Joseph until Joseph is completely Joseph. Isn't that great? And so he gets to work. You know, just imagine the blokey bloke stuff. I just, you know, he's, you know skill stuff. You know, you can just... Scott, I haven't got one yet. Have you got one yet, Andrew? No, still haven't. Yeah, okay. See, we're not true men until we have a chainsaw at least. But, you know, but, you know Brand, he's got a chainsaw and he's got an angle grinder and he's got a little nibbly thing and he's got a thing and all this stuff. Oh, yes, it's good stuff. And he just gets to work with all these bits and pieces. And so he forms and he shapes and he carves and he hacks you know, until Joseph is set free. God does that exact same thing with us. As soon as we receive the kiss of life, as soon as we wake up, we receive a new heart. The first thing he does is he rips out the heart of stone and he gives us a heart of flesh, doesn't he? A heart that is after his own heart. A heart that can receive his love and give his love. A heart that changes. We're called to live out of the new heart that he's given us. We're, we're transformed. And, and then God says, right, now you're just a dead piece of stone. But with your new heart, I'm going to carve and carve away until you are completely set free. Now, do you get that picture? Of, I hope you get that picture that God is going to work on you until you are completely set free. You are not completely set free until you look just like Jesus. 
And so when you stand there, I've got my new heart. I've got a relationship with God. I'm fine. And then we're just this stone. And then God begins his work on us. And so what does he do? He starts to carve away. He starts with the legs. He forms your legs. He gives you the ability to move. Move away from things that are wrong and toward things that are good. I preached this sermon in our church a few weeks ago and, and you wouldn't believe what happened. There was a guy who came to church desperately in need. He is struggling in every possible way. He he's, needs a new hip. He's having trouble with his family. He's having financial crisis. He came to church in despair. But God's people gathered around him to pray for him. And do you know what one person said to him? It's one of the best applications for any one of my sermons I have ever heard. She said to this guy, God has formed your legs and brought you here. Nobody has ever applied a sermon like that. <laughs> Nobody's listened that well. I, I, just, I was just happy that there was a point that was made. and someone. But do you get it? God formed your legs and brought you here. God enabled you to get on your feet, to move, and to be in a place where you can receive the presence of God and prayer and support and encouragement. You are here today because God has formed your legs. Isn't that amazing? And so there's so much more that God can do with your legs. He can move you. You can walk through the walk of life. You can walk following Jesus. You can walk serving Jesus. God works on your legs. He'll take away everything that is not your legs so they become fully your legs so that you are set free to move. You can move because God is at work on you. Okay, that's got a lot part of the body to go. What about the arms? The arms. So God forms your arms. You know. He shapes your arms. You know, there's, there's fingers and so much intricacy there. He, he works on you so much. You know, arms are so important, aren't they? Because you see, legs go, but arms do. And so God transforms your arms and your hands so that then you can serve and work and serve God. There's a cup of water that you need to give to somebody. There's a hug that somebody needs to receive. There's a house that needs to be finished. There's a garden that needs to be done. God has formed your hands, set them free, so that then you can use them for his service in his kingdom. Can you imagine the lives that can be transformed by the work of your hands? Your hands can get in your pocket, the back one, and you can get this out. And you can open it, and you can give money. Your hands can pray. <laughs> Your hands can welcome. Your hands can show love. There is so much that God can do with your hands. Your hands are free because of the work that he's doing upon you. Are you getting, you know where I'm going? We're being set free. We weren't set free, but now we're being set free. Or I need to start on your mind. You know, the, the battle is in the mind. I don't know, if, if you could see my head, my mind, it might be this great big 4 by 2 But God works away. People say that I'm a bit thick. And, uh, but God's going to work on it. But you know what he does? He takes away 
every lie. So he gets the God chisel and he gets the God hammer and he comes at you and he wants to remove every lie. This is the most important thing that I think he can do, isn't it? That lie, the lies that are in there. You know, the, the lies, I mean, you hear them all the time. All the time. You're always being bombarded by things that the world tells you, you tell you, or Satan himself will tell you. The first thing he says to you is, you're not good enough. He doesn't love you. And when you have that sort of lie in there, it's like this great big four by two. You know, you can't get through doorways. You know, you can't. It's just this great big. And then God comes in and says, no, that's not true. I'm going to chip that lie away from you. I love you. I sent Jesus to die for you. I give you new life. I want you to be set free. I'm going to chip this away. Will you let me do it? And so God chips away at that lie. You are good enough. You are valued. You are love. You are beauty to God. When God looks at you, he sees Jesus. And God loves you with the love that he has for Jesus. You see? God works away at your fears. That's a great big block on this side. He comes at you with a chisel and the hammer and he says, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what people say. Don't be afraid of what people think. Don't be afraid of what people can do. Don't be afraid of yourself or the things that you might do wrong. Don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Trust, trust. God comes at you with a chisel and says, look, I want you to trust me. How many people do you know, or it might even be the person sitting in your seat, that doesn't trust God? As a minister, I, I grieve and I pray honestly, daily for people who will not trust God. They don't trust God. Do, do you trust God? God has a chisel at your head, and he wants to remove that from you because, you see, people say, I can't trust God because if I trust God, then he might not do what I want him to do. There are people who are needing healing, but they won't trust him. God says, will you trust me? And they go, no, and then he will not heal them. Do you know what I mean? There are so many people who are shut down and chained down and stuck and in the darkness because they won't trust God. They won't trust what he says. They won't trust what he is going to do and they stuck and remain still and unable to be free because they don't trust that God has their best interests in mind. I can't tell you how many people I meet and know that are in that exact situation. Will you let go of yourself and trust God so that then he can control you and transform you? Because when he does, you'll be set free and you'll be filled with more and more joy and you will overcome the things that you can't overcome. God is the one who works. God is the one who chisels. God is the one who will set your mind free. And so I could go on all day. The lies that are in your head, the lies that he wants cut away. When your mind is free, then you are truly free. Then you are able to do and do whatever it takes. You know, somebody says to you, you're a loser. Instead of going, oh, hang on, oh, that, no, I'm not. You can say, yes, I am, but I'm a child of the King of God. I'm a child of God. 
and he's working on me. You know, so you thought, that was a bad job you just did then. Just doing the best I can. You know, you're not receiving it because, you know, if you get hurt or if you get upset or if you get whatever feelings that are wrong come to you, they come to you because you're believing all the lies, you see. Because if you have the truth, you'll be set free. If you have the truth, you can serve and love and live in a relationship with God where you can just rejoice no matter what's going on. No matter how much persecution or trial or pain you're in, you can rejoice because you don't believe any lie. You know the truth that you have been woken up by love's kiss and that God loves you and that you have all that you need for all eternity. You have a happy ever after. When you know that, then you can endure anything that happens in the world. You can do it all. And so there's so many lies in the mind that God wants to chip away and get out of your mind. God works on your ears. Your ears. You know, what you hear, God works away. They're, they're just bits of stone, but he chisels away so that then you can hear. Can you hear God speak? Can you hear his voice? Can you hear his love for you? You know, I mean, Zephaniah says that he, he, um, he quietens heaven so he can sing over you. He speaks to you every day. He declares his love for you every day. He guides you every day. Can you hear him? Many of us can't hear him. We can't hear him. We don't let him do the work on our ears so that we can then hear him we need to hear his voice because when we hear his voice, then we hear his truth. When we hear his truth, then the lies are dispelled. When we hear his words, then we do what he wants. And when we do, we are totally set free. Jesus was totally free. He didn't care what anyone thought. He didn't care about anything except what God wanted him to do, didn't he? He was set free to only do what the Father called him to do. And that's exactly what he did. And nothing could affect him or impact him or upset him at all. When you hear God's voice, when he speaks deep into your heart, you're truly set free. What about your eyes? Seeing. God chips away at your eyes until you can see. Can you see what you can see? When scales come off your eyes, when you, when you can see clearly, then you can see God in everything. Do you, have you met people who can see God in everything? You know, you wake up in the morning, you can hear the birds singing out there and say, God, that's God's creation. Is that awesome? We saw all those pictures earlier, didn't we? Which is, isn't God amazing? And who is that David guy? He's really good. But anyway, but you know that sort of, you know, you can, can you see God in creation, in the sun, in the in the moon, in the stars? Can you see God at work in the world? Can you see God at work in others? Can you see God at work in the church? Can you see God at work in you? If you can't see God at work, you need Him to chisel away, don't you? Well, what about the mouth? I mean, no, don't get me started on the mouth. I mean, really. James says that we can control our mouths would be perfect. Do you know what he means? If, if you can control what you say, not just perfect, but you'll be free. <laughs> God wants to chisel away until the image of Jesus comes out of you. 
He can see Jesus in you now and he will work until it's done. He will not give up, it says. And so we need to allow it. If God can chisel away at our mouths so that instead of you know, you know, criticism or judgmental words or negative words or trying to put ourselves above other people's words, if he chisels away at our mouths so that all that we do is speak the truth in love, then we'll be truly set free. Don't you want that? And so there it is. God brings us into the family and he works on us. He's working on us until we are just like Jesus. That's what's going on. That's what God is doing. Can we stop him from doing his work in us? Can we stop him? Yes, we can. Oh, sorry, I don't know. Do you think we can? I think we do. Well, I don't know about you, but, you know, I'm 53, and he hasn't finished yet. There's so much to do. And I was thinking of my life. I was just reflecting on this. God is working on me, and God is speaking to me, and God is saying to me all the time, you know, Richard, you know, I love you. I want to set you free. Will you do this? And I'll say, no, no. You know, you can resist, can't you? You can resist. God can say, I'm working on your ears, Richard. I'm working on your ears. Can you hear me? No, I can just hear the radio. You know, you, you can just resist, can't you? Instead of seeing things that you need to be seeing, you can be looking at other things. You know, your brain, you could be still not letting him work. I think, I think you can resist him. And, uh, you know, uh, and one of my problems is I'm just, I'm just too busy and active. Because, you see, what we're to do, the role that we are to play, is we're just supposed to be still. Get into that moment where you're in the presence of God and you're still and say, Look, Lord, just do your work in me. Just do your work. And then he chisels and then you do it. And then you do it, you know. And <sighs> Have you ever tried to cut the hair of a two-year-old? You know what happens <laughs> when you try to cut the hair of a two-year-old? You know, they move all over the place. You know, you get bold spots and crooked bits and... All sorts of things happen when you try and cut that. Well, that's, that's, I think that's me. I think God looks at me and says, yep, 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 trying to look after Richard is trying to cut the hair of a two-year-old. He won't sit still. And I don't know about you, but uh, that's for me. I, I need to just say, hey, you know, allow God to do the work. Just rest in his presence. Be still and know. <laughs> Let him do his work. Don't prevent him. Don't hinder him. Don't reject him because God keeps coming back to you. You know, he says, oh, there's, have you noticed the brick on your head? And then you, oh, no, no, busy, busy, busy. Have you noticed the brick on your head? Oh, you know, busy, busy. Have you noticed the brick on your head? <laughs> oh, oh, the brick. I'm like, oh, right, okay, let's do a bit of chiseling. You know, you know what I mean? I think every one of us here knows that. That until God forms us and completely shapes us to be just like Jesus, we are not free. So we are not free now, and he needs to do his work now. So don't you want to be set free now? Does anyone here want to be set free now? Yep. How do we do that? By staying still, by getting to the presence of God, and allow him to work upon us. And so what I'm going to do now is, is I'm going to hope and 
pray that we can do that right now. And, you know, he's not going to just going to go like that. You know, it's like a, you know, f- chiseling, filing. But I want you to have a taste of it right now so that then you can bring this with you and then through your life you can remember and do and let him do more and more. Just remember that when you let God work on you, you are set free. You are truly free when you are just like Jesus. So let's close your eyes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you and praise you and worship you and honor you and glorify your name because you have led us into the family. You have revealed yourself to us. You have brought us into your presence. You have ripped out our heart of stone and given us a heart of flesh. We thank you that we have a heart to love you and to feel the love that you give. We thank you that we have been transformed and changed. But now, Lord, we pray that you may help us to live it out. We pray, Lord God, that you will begin this work as a master craftsman upon us. And so, Lord, in this time of quiet, when we're focused upon you, we pray that you will show us a picture of ourselves, that we may see what we look like, that we may see the work that you're doing, that we may know where you're working right now. And so, Lord, please forgive us for not staying still. Forgive us for not hearing and seeing you. Forgive us for resisting your work upon us. Lord, we pray that you may show us a picture of what we need to do right now. Help us to see our legs. Help us to see our arms and hands. Help us to see our minds and the lies that are there. Help us to see our ears. Help us to see our eyes. Help us to see our mouth. Lord, and with the image that you give us, we pray that you'll show us your love and that you'll begin your work. Lord, we pray that in the next few moments you may begin to chisel away so that we may be set more and more free. Lord, we thank you for what you've shown us. We thank you for what you're doing. And Lord, we pray that you'll help us to uh, do what we need to do to allow you to continue this work on. We thank you and praise you that you're going to continue that on until we're completely finished. And Lord, we pray that you'll help us to stop delaying and stop the years going by without any change so that we may receive the newness of life that you can give and the freedom of walking in your presence and serving you in this world. So Lord, we thank you for what you've shown us. We pray that you may establish it in us and that, Lord, we may be more and more just like you. And we pray this and agreed and said, Amen. So we're going to sing Cornerstone as a response to this.
So when we come to him in uh, weakness, he makes us strong. He changes us, transforms us, sets us free. I pray that you have had that happen to you this morning, just a, just a bit, 1%, 0.5%, something just to begin to say, hey, this is what he does, and that we may continue to move on to it. You know, we have a prayer ministry team, both, both sides, all over the place, prayer people that would love for you to just go to them and just, you know, commit what you've learned or what you've seen or what you've experienced or you want more. They're, they'd love to pray with you and just help you to become more and more free to receive more and more of the life that God gives. But now uh, lift your heart to the Lord and let's receive a parting blessing from him. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Amen.